You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, renovators. It's Bernadette, and I'm back with another episode of She Renovates. So today's episode is for listeners who may feel like their finances are slightly out of control. Now, we are in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 lockdown, and I know that some people have been quite severely impacted, and I just want you to know that this is not for you. So we know that roughly 10% of Australians have lost their jobs and that many business owners are finding it particularly tough. As it's been said time and time again, these are unprecedented times and we've never really seen anything like what is happening now. So if you are one of those people that has been quite badly impacted Please don't take this as criticism for you because it's not directed at you. But I do know that there are 90% of the workforce still have their jobs and I know that some of them are struggling to make ends meet. And so that is what I want to address today. Before I go on, we are launching our first fully online boot camp. Now, I'm really committed to making sure that that is an extraordinary experience for the for the participants. So I'm running like a beta version and I'm offering some benefits for people that want to join it as a tester. So um, if you think that might be something that you would be interested in, if you would like to go over to www.schoolofrenovating.com forward slash tester, you'll find some details as to a session that I'm going to be running to explain how it works. And I'll also be talking about our view on adapting to a changing property market. So it's a very information packed um, session. And even if you don't want to be a tester, it's probably a good idea to go and book in for it. Now, let's get into this episode. So the reason that I have decided to do this is because a lot of people have quite decent income, but still find that at the end of a pay period, uh, that they really, they've run out of money. And for some people, it's because they're not earning enough, but For most, it's because of the way that that income is being managed. And if you can't get it under control and tame that wild beast, making more money via a reno is probably not going to help that much because we know that as our income increases, we tend to increase our lifestyle and our living costs Uh, to match it. So our income and our lifestyle seem to, you know, stay pretty much on par. So you've got to be able to really break that cycle so that you can uh, use your renovating to really get ahead and to transform your life. And so now 
Of course, if you are struggling to make ends meet, it may mean that you don't have enough income. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you, if that applies to you, that you already know that. So you're not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the person who knows that they've got a reasonable income and yet they're finding that money is running out before the month does. And that can be quite a problem. And so where this will show up is usually in your credit card. So if you have a credit card that you are not paying off completely at the end of each month, that's a pretty sure sign that there's a mismatch between your spending and your earning. And I really want you to win at this because if you win at this, you'll be able to manage a reno budget really, really well, which is one of the key skills in renovating. And you'll also uh, be able to build sustainable wealth. So yes, so the first tip that I have in terms of uh, being really solid financially is to set up a sweep in your bank account to pay the credit card off every single month. Now, if you don't have enough in your bank account to actually do that, then that is your first task. You need to whittle that credit card down and reduce your spending so that you do have enough to pay it off at the end of every month and with some left over. So what I want to encourage you to do is to be more mindful around your money. So Napoleon Hill wrote the book Think and Grow Rich and he talks about hypnotic rhythm and I think that that is something that tends to happen with our money. If we're not being mindful about it, then it becomes quite hypnotic. Our spending becomes quite hypnotic and we tend to spend thoughtlessly, you know, take away here, clothes that you don't need there and so on. And it just erodes at your financial stability. So if you are in the situation where you've got a credit card bill that is at a point where you can't have no hope of paying it off, then I want to suggest that you go over and check out a guy by the name of Dave Ramsey. He wrote a book called the, I think it's called The Money Makeover, and it outlines a very effective way of getting rid of that debt and any other debt for that matter. Now, I agree with him to some extent, but some of his philosophies I don't agree with. And one of them is that he doesn't believe that you should ever borrow money. And as a renovator, that's a necessary part of the process. So, um, but of course, to do it, you need to have, be able to exercise discipline and self-control. And so building these skills are an important part of cultivating a renovator. Now, in full disclosure, I am no angel either. I do have times when I, uh, when our spending goes quite pear-shaped. And one time that it comes to mind fairly easily is when we first downsized from uh, the suburbs to where we live now, 
we found that we had this really nice little bar about half a block away and we had never lived in a suburb that had a wine bar or a pub or anything like that. So going out for a drink, like a casual local drink or a meal, was, wasn't was really um, on the agenda. And so it was like such a novelty. And so we were probably heading over there a couple of times a week for a meal and after, I think it was about three months, I thought our credit card bill is, you know, higher than it should be. And when I did an analysis, I realized that we had spent, in 12 weeks, we had spent $2,500 at Bar Cleveland. Now, that equates to uh, roughly $800 a month, which over 12 months is $10,000. That is way too much to be um, spending on things that you really don't need. So of course I had to put a policy in place. So only maximum once a week, only one bottle of wine. And um, before long, it, we had had it under control. And so now it probably isn't once a month. So it, it certainly did the trick. Now, if your spending is um, hard to control, I'm going to give you a tip on how you can reform your ways. And um, the way to do it is to actually set a goal. Now, you think back to the first time you bought your first home. You probably saved uh, fairly vigorously to get your deposit together and were able to um, do without things that you now find completely necessary. It's having that goal that really pulls you forward and supports you in creating new spending habits. Now, I definitely don't believe in not living your life because you are so tight, for want of a better word, with money. But I do think it's a good idea to prioritise what you spend your money on based on your values. Now, for us, we spend quite a bit on education and we also spend quite a bit on travel. And that's because they are priorities for us. You know, and I, I would be prepared to eat Vegemite sandwiches all day, every day in order to be able to do those two things. So really um, thinking through what's important to you and budgeting for those things that um, you really value. And it's just like, you know, if you decide to buy a home, you know, for the younger listeners, then of course, um, you're going to prioritise saving that deposit rather than spending on things that you can live without. Now, the other thing that will really support you in being more mindful around your money and actually taming it is having a budget. Now, I know it probably sounds like I'm telling you how to suck eggs, but I will put money on the fact that the majority of the people listening to this episode do not have a personal budget. It is so important to have and manage a budget uh, both as an individual and as a renovator. You cannot be a professional renovator if you cannot manage a budget. It just does not work. So by putting together and implementing a personal budget, you're doing two things. Firstly, you are building your financial stability 
but you're also preparing yourself for being a successful renovator. The other thing that happens when you prepare a budget is you realise the impact that seemingly small spends have on your personal finances over a year. So, you know, I mentioned that I discovered that we were spending roughly $800 a month on just going to one place for a couple of meals a week. Now, over a year, that added up to 10,000. That would have added up to 10,000. So we would have been 10,000 worse off had we let that um, continue on and probably not any healthier either. So that's the other thing. Often the good choices for your uh, credit card or your wallet are often good for your waistline as well and your health. So how I tend to look at things is I'll I'll look at something that's maybe going to cost $20 or $30 a week and think, well, $20 or $30 a week is, you know, $1,000 to $1,500 a year. Is that spend going to give me $1,000 to $1,500 per year in value? And if it's not, then you can, you've got a, an opportunity to reconsider whether it's a great spend of your valuable resource. Most of us get our money habits from our parents. So, you know, children are like little sponges. They soak up everything around them. And, you know, I'm sure that you're aware of the things that you have taken on from your parents. I often hear my mother's words coming out of my mouth. So I certainly know that's true. And I think it's a really good idea to have a look at how your parents fared uh, financially or are faring financially and see how well that those values and ways of being around money are, are really serving them and make a conscious decision about whether that's something that you want to replicate or whether it's something that you need to develop your own uh, habits that are different. I was pretty lucky because um, my, my family was not well off, but my father was always worried that we were on the brink of a depression. Um, he would be beside himself at the moment with what's going on in the world. And so he encouraged us to be really frugal and he didn't like debt at all. So unfortunately, he died quite young. Well, he was 50, which I think is quite young. And then my mother took the helm and she was a little bit more, I guess, pragmatic and a great believer in entrepreneurialism and the fact that if you wanted to make money, you needed to spend it. But she was still very um, cautious And as a result, that held her in good stead. So I think that both those influences were quite good. Um, Of course, I've had some things that I've had to deal with, but on the whole, I think that they've been quite empowering. But I do meet people that have not been so lucky and have inherited a mindset around money that is not helpful. And if that is you... Uh, you really need to put some work into impacting that because otherwise it will be very difficult to build wealth. 
Now, I mentioned that my dad never liked debt. And as a result, um, well, particularly in the early days, I was um, hell-bent on not having a mortgage. And, and while in some ways it made me feel quite miserable at times because I just felt so uncomfortable about having debt, it did encourage me to make sure that we got our mortgage paid off. And I think that that is something that you definitely need to be looking at doing before you retire. Um, going into the what should be the best years of your life with a mortgage hanging on is not at all powerful. And that's one area, well, it's not, it's one of many areas where renovating profit can be an incredible asset. So getting that mortgage paid down so that you can spend your twilight years, for want of a better word, in financial comfort. Now, the other thing that can contribute to a less mindful way of managing your money is subscribing to social norms. So um, I'm a really big believer in, I guess, running your own race, uh, making up your own rules to suit your personal circumstances and not getting caught up in the, for want of a better word, keeping up with the Joneses. And so I'm going to tell you something that may shock you. Um, so we don't have a car and I think cars are the biggest drag on money and when we now I'm not suggesting that everyone should get rid of their car, but it became right for us when we downsized and moved in closer to the city. And I noticed, well, we certainly got rid of one straight away. And then I noticed that we were just not using the car and it was just lying around and I would take it for a run to go to the hairdresser once every six weeks. And that was pretty much it. Because we're so close to the city, we would get Ubers so we didn't have to worry about parking. And so we undenied about whether what we should do about it. And then we decided, yes, we are going to see whether we can live without a car. And surprisingly enough, it's completely painless. And the thing is that I know lots of families who have a lot less income than us that are running not one, not two, but sometimes three and four cars that they're paying for, that family members are driving, but they're paying for. And that is just such a massive drag on your cash flow. And so that's one big ticket item or several big ticket items that can have an impact on your um, financial stability, toys in the garage, things that you have that you think you should have, but maybe not necessarily using. Like, if it's something that you use every day and something you love, fair enough, go and do it. Like the gym membership, like, of course, no gyms at the moment. But if you, you know, really love that trip to the gym, it's part of who you are and you'll do it two or three times a week, great. But if you've just got a gym membership just for the sake of having one or to say that I've got a gym membership, that can be just an unnecessary drag on your cash flow. So 
thinking about what you're spending your money on and deciding whether that really is the right thing for you can also be a benefit to your long-term wealth. So let's recap on the points. So the first point was around discretionary spending and credit card spending. Your credit card bill will tell you if you have a problem. And if you do, then I want to encourage you to seek intervention. You also need to set up a sweep, an automatic sweep, so that bill gets paid off every single month. This is also good for protecting your credit rating. The next point is to create a goal, a goal that is going to empower you to exercise discipline around spending, particularly with the credit card. The next point is to create a budget based on your personal values so that you budget for the things that are important to you and that you're mindful about the things that you're spending on that are more discretionary. The next thing is to look at where your values around money have come from and decide uh, whether they're worth maintaining or whether you should be looking at replacing them with new habits. The next point is to focus on um, getting your mortgage paid off before you reach your retirement years. And if necessary, use your renovation skills to facilitate that or speed it up. And the last point is to run your own race, to be clear about what's important to you and to spend accordingly and try and avoid spending on things that you do just because everyone else does. Now, I'd be curious to know what you think about this episode, whether it has has been of value to you. And if so, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you'd like to make a comment or just say hello, just come over to Instagram and leave me a DM. I look forward to hearing from you. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.